reaching out to someone this week, and uh, they said, you know, the Lord will show you who, and so when we prayed, all I heard was, you will know. And so when I was at Kroger, um, I don't always get cash when I check out, but I felt like I was supposed to get some cash, and so I got some cash, and then the next day, um, Nicole and I were at Hobby Lobby, and her being pregnant, she has to go to the bathroom a lot. So she says, Mom, i got to use the bathroom. Let's stop at Starbucks. And, and uh, I said, okay, sure. And so we stopped there, and there was a panhandler, a young lady, on the corner there. And I said, well, I hate to just go into business and use the bathroom without getting something. So I gave her a 20, and I said, get something. And so she came out with two cake pops for us, and then she said, can I give the rest to the lady? And I said, I had the same thought. So she, she gave the money to the lady, and I'm not sure what all she said to her, but when Nicole walked away, the lady said, God bless you. And um, so, you know, there was that connection with God there. And then um, I had been going to the beauty school in, in Jacksonville. I got a perm and I got a pedicure, and so the different young ladies that were working with me, um, I got to share with them about, you know, that I'm going to be a first-time grandmother in November, and that my daughter had Lyme's disease for eight years, and really bad struggle with it, and then in 2016, she went to youth conference, and she was totally healed, like a big difference, I mean, just night and day. And so there's no doubt that it was God that touched her. And I said, and then, but after that, she had some female problems, and the doctor told her that she would never have children. And so after 17 years of marriage, they're having a baby in November. <laughs> and so, so it really um, was a, a testimony to these young ladies, you know, how God does still heal. <laughs> well, really, this was two weeks ago, uh, but I was, uh, I had my class reunion. We won't talk about how old, uh, how many years it's been, but it's been a lot. The 25th class reunion's important. And higher. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, um, I prayed before I went to this class reunion, and I was asking God just to let his light shine through me and uh, just to show up there. And so um, when I got there, uh, one of my old friends there connected with me, and her and her husband were carting me around to all the different locations that we had to go to. And he, was, he had mentioned that he had this terrible migraine headache. And um, she was telling me that it was really bad, that uh, she's a nurse, and she had given him some injections, and that had not helped. And uh, he'd been talked to the doctor, and he'd had some sinus medicine, and that had not helped. And anyway, she named three or four things that they had tried, and nothing had helped. And yet he was there at that reunion because he knew it meant so much to her. And the, on Friday night, when we went to this restaurant, I noticed that he was kind of in a corner and didn't talk to anybody and was just kind of leaning against the uh, wall. And so I knew he was in pain, and I kept thinking about him, you know, being in pain. But So on the drive home, we were staying at the same motel, and I asked uh, 
him if he would mind if I prayed for him. And uh, he said, no, that'd be great. And I said, well, when we get back to the motel, I'll come to, down to you and your wife's uh, room and I will we'll pray. And so when I got down there, I just told uh, him about Harvey and how um, I had also been with Harvey to Guatemala and some of the things that had happened there and the healings that we had seen. And so um, he was, you know, he was excited. He'd never heard anything like that before. And so I said, well, let's just pray. And so we started praying over him and he's been in pain for two weeks. And so uh, after I finished, I said, well, how do you feel? And he kind of thought a minute, and he said, you know, I think I'm, I'm better. Uh, I think I'm, you know, it's probably 35% gone. And I went, well, let's pray again. And, and I said that because Jesus prayed more than once, you know, over the blind man. The blind man, when he finished praying for him, he could see stick figures walking around. And then Jesus prayed a second time, and then he could completely see. So anyway, so I prayed again, and when I finished praying, he goes, oh, I can't believe it. I only, it's only about 13% left. And I said, well, let's pray again. <laughs> and so we prayed a third time, and when I finished praying, he goes, Michelle, I, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. He said, it's gone. It's just completely gone. And it was just awesome. But... All weekend, they kept sending me text messages saying, thank you, thank you. And I said, it wasn't me. It was God. It was God that healed you. And so, and they started telling everybody all over the place that God had healed him. And so it was just an exciting weekend for me. <laughs> thank you. So uh, there you go. So this morning, I've asked Pastor Harvey and Pat if they would share. They just got back from a uh, a great trip. One of the missionaries we support once a month has been Randy Boyd, Harvey's son, and Prepare International. And they're doing ministry around the world. And because of Prepare International, Harvey and Pat got to go to Nepal on vacation. <laughs> it wasn't vacation. Okay, Harvey, come on up and uh, tell us about it. Well, I'll tell you, it was a fun vacation because we got to see God touch many people, and we'll talk about it, but let me ask you a question. How many of you think that an ordinary person can change the world for God? That's what I want to talk about, how people like you and me can make a big difference. How many of you have ever thought, man, I want to change the world for God? Yeah. Sometimes we've always done that, hadn't we? Yeah. But then you think, but who am I? I'm a nobody. I don't have, a, I can't make a difference in the world. But you know, maybe many of us have thought that. But you don't realize when you think that how wrong you are. You are somebody. You need to begin to believe who you are. Pat and I are going to talk about Nepal a little bit, but let me tell you about myself. I was raised in church, in church all my life. My mom, if the church was open, we were there. My mom was a prayer warrior. I learned to pray. I worked in church all my life. When, we got, when I got older, I became leaders in B 
big churches and was in a lot of different ministries. But deep down, I thought I couldn't do much difference. That's the way I felt about myself. You know, I'd see these people doing these great things, and I said, I wish I was like that. I didn't realize I could be like that. And then one day, many of you have heard my testimony. I'm, not, I'm just going to tell a little bit. I saw a woman. I encountered God in a way that a woman, twisted body, twisted in front of my eyes. She's about this tall, and I saw her grow like that within minutes. I liked the past out. I couldn't believe what I saw. But that night, I cried all night long. I loved God. I believed in Him. But I saw the God I'd read about in the Bible. You know, the God that does miracles. And, and for weeks and months, I saw Him. And I began to experience Him in ways I never had. I loved him my whole life. But what happened, he began to open my eyes to who I am. I began to see, I prayed all the time, God, how can I make a difference? And he began showing me. Folks, he wants to do the same thing in your life. It changed everything in my life. And because of that, and how I began to see myself, gosh, I get the travel all over the world teaching people, seeing people healed, salvations. I've seen thousands of salvations in my ministry over the years, and I've seen thousands and thousands of miracles. An ordinary person like me, raised on a farm, a businessman, can make a difference in the world, and that's what I want to talk about. Every one of you can make a difference. What about... You've heard our stories about going to Guatemala. We started going 13 years ago. Eight to ten people from our church went down there. The missionaries, he went down there to preach the gospel. Tony Taylor got run out of the villages. They didn't want to hear the gospel. But we started going. There was very few churches in the villages. There's, there's over 200 villages down where we go. Mayan Indians, a few churches because our church started going down there. Now there's hundreds. We've made a difference. We're changing that part, helping change that part of Guatemala. Pat and I just got, went to uh, Nepal. Nepal is a, you know, it's right between China and India. If you look on a map, it's just a small part between the two big countries. It's a Hindu, 83% Hindu, 9% Buddhist, 1.4% Christians. And Pat, in fact, if you're caught preaching the gospel, you could be thrown in jail. That's the law they have there. But we trained in two cities, 70 people, and the excitement in these people in a Hindu and Buddhist country, they are so excited to spread the good news. I mean, Pat can tell you, and he'll talk about it, that there's such an excitement in there, it kind of humbled me and Pat. These people were so excited what we taught. You see, their heart is to change the whole nation of Nepal. 
and they're going to work at it, to go out and spread the good news. And what about you and me? What about us? You know, the minute you were born, you begin to make a difference in the world. Do you know that? People you talk to, your families, because you were there. You made a difference. Every one of us should be changing the world for God. Remember what the Bible says? You were created in God's image. Think about that. He created you in his image. You are a child of the living God. He gives you power to go out and change the world and do it in different ways. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Then God, this is Genesis 1.31, then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good and evening passed and morning came making the sixth day. See, when he created the earth, it, when he created Adam and Eve, it was good. Then in Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. We are to rule the earth. There's no such thing as an unimportant, meaningless life. You have a meaningful life. Now, who does God think are great people? Probably different from we do. We think a great person would be some famous evangelist. Maybe some pastor of a great big church, a television evangelist. But who does God think is great? It's a person that in their everyday life are making a difference. And you see fruit from their lives. Many years ago, I heard a pastor preach, and it was the end times, everybody was in heaven. And, you know, people everywhere, and God was getting ready to give the award for his most faithful servant of all times. Well, everybody started thinking, Moses, David, all of these famous people of the Bible. And then God called up a little lady. Nobody knew, never seen, called her up front and said, she is my most faithful servant. You see, in his eyes, it's not being great on the preaching the gospel, whatever you're doing, but it's when he calls you to do something, you're faithful in what he tells you to do. You see, we're all different. We're all all in different ways uh, can make a difference. So, does God just use spiritual giants to change the world? No. We're the ones going to change it. Ordinary, everyday people. In our daily lives every day. Acts 4, 13, 14. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They were, 
But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with him, there was nothing they could say. Remember, Peter and John came up, this, and this beggar was sitting on the steps, a beggar that had been there for many, every day, forever. Everybody knew that. And what he said, he asked for money. And what did Peter say? Silver and gold, I have not. What I have, I give to you. Rise up and walk. And then he walked into the temple with them. And these priests and scribes says, they looked at Peter and John, uneducated, ignorant people, they thought. But they couldn't deny what they saw happen. That's who God uses. He wants to use you and me. You know, Peter... God, Jesus manifested to the church, and we're the church. Not this building, but you and I are the church. And he gives you and me power to change the world. Right. It's the choices we make in life. So are you ready to change the world? Yes. God is waiting for you to. I'm going to ask Pat to come up and speak for I'm going to share a little video here in a second, but um, I'm, I basically have lots of captions, so those who might not be able to see real well on that, I'm going to read the captions so you'll be able to follow along with all of the, the events with me. So um, let's start with that. It's about a three-minute video. Daniel, if you could throw that on there. Driving in Kathmandu. Wow. Uh, it's way worse than it looks, promise you. Uh-oh. This is Hinduism. This is a temple we went to. This is our school the first day. That's the pastor we worked with, Arjun. Here they are praying for each other as we're doing our training. We had many healings. This man was healed of a burning in his body, and he was sick for days. Body pains, back pain. And this is after they prayed for each other. Healed of neck pain. This is the school, nice school. And that was the building we were in. What a beautiful place. This is called Pokhara. That's what I'm wearing on my shirt. Pure water comes off the mountain, flows into the two rivers, which ultimately becomes the Ganges, which goes all the way to India. Cows are sacred. It's illegal to kill them. They're all over the place. They have their services on Saturday. It's a national holiday. So that's a pastor's daughter leading worship there. There's Harvey. Look at them sitting on the floor. They're, they, this is my team. They're praying. There's Harvey and his team. Lots of healings. Just a beautiful area. Paragliding is really popular there. I almost died because my wife, I told her I was going to go paragliding. Fishtail Mountain, this is breathtaking, but it was hidden the whole time we were there. So we want to go back. Water buffalo, you can actually eat. This was way up. We went up on a mountain, on a different mountain. 
This young man in white has helped pioneer nine churches, and he's doing more. This is the second school. There they are praying for each other. He and brothers have uh, muscular dystrophy. They die before they're 20. We're believing God for him and three others to, to live. One has already died. Healed of ear pain. Knee pain. This guy we prayed for, we didn't say anything during our training, and God healed him, and he just freaked out. It was so instant. Healed of ear pain. This guy had burning in his legs that turned into coldness as they prayed for him. Stomach. There was a homeless guy they let preach right there. This is a picture I took from up above. This was where one of our schools was. This is their incredible guest house that they have. And they do a lot of training there. They've raised many people, I'll tell you about that, as far as family members. All right. Thanks, Daniel. So um, it's incredible. I mean, it, it's life-changing, to say the least, to go on one of these trips. But like Harvey and I have talked about, this is probably the best school we've ever done. We just did a school in Honduras in January. It was great. Um, but these people are so hungry. When you see the pictures, you see them sitting on the floor. And, and if I had sound and you could hear them worship, they worship for a long time. And then when they're done, they just pray for 10 or 15 minutes, just nonstop, and worship and, and just really go after the Lord. Um, but that center right there, the couple are, the one I showed you, uh, his name is Arjun. And Arjun and his wife, Asha, had, have 45, um, basically 45 adopted children. Part of that is, is two blood, or three blood, no, two blood children, a little, um, a young lady and a man. And um, their daughter, I showed you a picture of, she was leading worship. She, at one point, had 10, listen to this, devotion to the Lord, 10 million followers on TikTok. 10 million. And one day she just felt like the Lord said, you need to lay that down. And she just did. No questions asked. And her heart is just to be an incredible worship. You're not incredible, but an anointed worship leader and, and be used to touch many people. And uh, we got to pray over them and prophesy over them. That was really, really cool. Uh, they t had us come over to their home and, and we got to pray, of them and, uh, pray over them there. Their son... When he was 12 years old, he witnessed one of their adopted children getting very, very sick. They took him to the hospital, took her to the hospital, and they were going to do surgery, and they took him out into this area where they wait, and during that time, she died. And he was 12 years old. It impacted him so much. He said, I'm going to become a surgeon so I can save lives. And that's what he's doing. He's finishing getting his degree, studied in India. Just an incredible situation. But I'm sharing all that to let you know these are just people. These are just everyday people like us who made a decision. They made a decision to raise up 45 children. Some of them, one of them was from the jungle. Um, this is an incredible story. They found this one in the jungle. They got a hold of the parents, 
who basically pushed him out. That's an outcast type situation. And it had been no meals like ever, you know. She had never experienced a real meal and they sat down at the table, she didn't know what to do. Um, it took hours to clean her up. She had never had a bath. I mean, it's amazing when you think about where these people have lived. And they just brought her in and love her. And there's so many stories like this. And these 45 have been raised up. Some of them, most of them are, on, they're all on their own, pretty much. They're married. They have their own lives. But it's just an incredible thing to watch. The young man that I showed you um, in the one uh, part of the video in the white shirt, Aaliyah has helped raise up nine churches already. I mean, he's, I think he's in his 20s. He's a young guy. And um, his, his little daughter, man, I'm telling you, she became my adopted granddaughter. She was just unbelievable. Um, had so much fun. Harvey, we wanted like, what, a quarter of her energy, maybe? Something like that. Um, but she would just come up and, and laugh and whatever and then run away and go to the other side of the building, come back, and it was just like that the whole time. But this little family is impacting people like you can't believe, and he is working with youth. And they did a thing on, they showed on Facebook this youth celebration. I think there was like 200 youth in Kathmandu, which is the capital. Uh, the last school we did was in Pokhara, like it says on my shirt. Um, that's a town of about, a city of about 400,000. Kathmandu is four million, so kind of picture Chicago or Houston without any traffic rules, because that's really what it's like. And, and I said, man, don't you see accidents? And they said, yeah, we see them all the time. Well, we didn't the first couple days, and then the next day, boom, we saw two of them. And usually bikes, because, I mean, you're talking about you get this close to somebody and they turn and you're going like this and whatever, and it's like, wow. So one of the things that wowed both of us a lot were the taxi drivers. And we had some good conversations with them, you know, about what it would be like to drive. And this one guy was, what, 30-some years, right, Harvey, that he had been driving. And Arjun said, I don't drive in Kathmandu. I know better. Um, you know, so the town that they live in, the city that they live in, I mean, that's a nice-sized city, 400,000 people. It's a really, really beautiful place. That's where the Fishtail Mountain is and a lot of the other stuff. But when you talk to people and you hear their everyday stories, that's what it's all about. It's really what it's all about. And so my encouragement to you is wherever you go, do what Marcia said. Go and engage the person that you're with, a stranger. Um, show them love. Give an extra tip if you can afford it. Do whatever you can to give people an opportunity to see Jesus. And you never know how that's going to play out. One of my favorite stories never resulted in a healing. And that was Marsh and I were walking at the community center, I don't know, four or five years ago. And there are guys playing basketball down below. And you could tell what just happened. He snapped some kind of a tendon or whatever. And you could hear it upstairs so loud. And I said, hon, I don't know, I, let's just, I just feel like we need to go pray. So we went down and, and asked if we could pray, and the guys with him were kind of like, you guys are crazy. What are you doing asking that even? And he said, hey guys, back off. This is pretty cool that in our day and age that somebody's even willing to do that. And so we prayed for him, and we felt the Lord's presence, but we didn't see anything happen. And, and I walked away and, and we said, hey, you never know. He might get home and he's totally healed. But he thanked us for stopping our day 
to take a little bit of time to get involved with his. And so that's my encouragement to all of us. That's what the beauty of these trips for me is getting to know people, to hear their stories, to hear about Arjun's spiritual parents. His two spiritual fathers both have went to prison. One of them was in prison 14 times, mainly for preaching the gospel. Um, one of his friends baptized someone, and, and it was six months after they started coming to the church. They, they won't even do that. It might be five years before they're going to even allow that to happen. And this one person uh, came to the church for about six months, and then he got baptized, and then he turned them into the authorities. He went to prison for seven years, and they got kicked out of the country. That's the life that they live every single day. But at the same time, it's so exciting because you can engage with them, and it's, these people are so hungry for the Lord. And one other thing I love so much about being in, in Nepal was for some reason it was like a pipeline between me and the Lord. My prophetic gifts was, just seemed to flow. When I would just go to listen to the Lord, every morning he gave me something profound, like the grateful. Man, when he shared that, I was just bawling. Everywhere in the world, Pat, no matter where you go, people are thinking the same thing during worship. They're grateful to me for something. And these people, it might be gratitude just to be able to eat. Or that they had another day of their life where they didn't get imprisoned, or whatever else it might be. But they love Jesus. I mean, my gosh. They, one of the common greetings, and I'll close with this and give it back to Harvey. One of the common greetings in uh, the Hindu and Buddhist, a lot of different cultures, they say um, namaste or namaste. They say jamasi, and that is their word for praise the Lord. And it's really cool. And they, like you see, they do this. Uh, and it's just, we were so honored. You could see in the video, we had like these different types of um, shawls and whatever that they draped over us. But they honored us and they served us in ways that were just unbelievable. And made us feel so overwhelmed. I can't even describe it. But... Thanks to all of you who were part of this trip, who've prayed. One of my favorite scriptures says, the, the person who stays with the supplies has the same reward as the one who goes down into battle. So being there and praying for us and, and giving and whatever you might have done, thank you so much. So as they would say, Jameis C. I tell you, I wish y'all could experience those people. Well, they're hungry for God, and Pat told you about you could be thrown in jail, but they're not quitting spreading the gospel. And they're doing it all over Nepal. Christianity is only 1.4%, but I read that it's one of the fastest growing religions in Nepal. And it's for young people like you and me. Now, we're not all real young. But uh, people like us that are going out and spreading the news. And that's what every one of us should be doing right now. You know, God has so much for you to do. You know, you can make a difference in the world in your everyday life.
You don't have to be a superstar, just a normal, ordinary person going around in your daily lives, letting your light shine and showing God's love. So, how can I make a difference? How can I make a difference? By showing God's love and letting your light shine. We're all different. We've got, all got different gifts. We've got different things to go. So, and you know people that I don't know, that Alan doesn't know, that each one of us knows. You can touch people that we can't touch. And if you don't do your part like you should, people are not going to be touched. And folks, it's not hard. So what is the strategy you should be using? There's not really any strategy. In your daily lives, as you go, as you go to work, as you go with your families, if you go to the grocery store, you're showing God's love and letting your light shine. A few years ago, it's been quite a few years ago, we were up on the hill, and I went into a uh, service station to get something to drink. And as I walked in, there was five or six people standing at the counter, and this young woman, which I'd never seen before, was uh, waiting on them. And as I walked by, I noticed she looked real sick. And I thought, man, I need to pray for her. So I went over to get something to drink, and, I was, and when the customers left, for some reason, she came around the corner and come up to me and says, can I help you? And I says, ma'am, is there something wrong? Do you feel bad? She said, oh, I feel terrible. I've had this sore throat. I've had headaches. I can't hardly breathe. But I work part-time, and I have a daughter, and I have to support her. And if I don't work, I don't get paid. So I have to be here. And I said, can I say a prayer for you? I said a simple prayer. Didn't see anything happen, and she said, thank you. Well, I went back the next day hoping she was working. And she was in there. And when she saw me, she ran around behind the counter and said, you won't believe it. One hour after you prayed, I was totally healed. Yeah. Yeah. I've got better news to tell than that. That was great. <laughs> but so I went by there as often as I could to see if she was there. And I started sharing with her about God in a loving, slow way and how he changed my life and how he can change hers. And so I finally, after weeks, I asked her to come to church and she works on Sunday. Well, at that time on Wednesday nights, we had a little prayer meeting. I don't know if Alan remembers this. And she came. And a bunch of us talked to her. She received Jesus. And then I went by and discipled her in the service station. Sometimes we'd talk for 30 minutes and I was telling her about God. Well, she had a man that lived with her. They weren't married. And she invited, wanted me to meet him. And he, he met me there at the service station. I talked to him. He received Jesus. And then they, they, she started feeling guilty about not being married. And 
she got married in our church. It totally changed their lives, folks. And that's how simple it is. And that's what, just think if all of us did that. So how, how do we do it? How do we get to a place? Spend time with God. That's what changed my life. I'd always pray, but I started, after I saw that woman healed, I started seeking him. God, I want to know you better. God, open my eyes to see who I am. Just cry out to him, and he wants you to see that. He wants you to do it. And then, start being who God created you to be. Now, when you go in, you don't, when you talk to people, you do it in a loving, kind way. And what I found out, the best thing is listen to what they've got to say. Listen to their story. And as they're telling their stories, see, when, when you listen to them, they know you care. And that's what you learn to do. Listen to their story. And as they tell their story, you're praying, God, what do I need to say? What do I need to do? What do I need to say? And you'll know what to say. And then you begin sharing with them about God. Folks, it's amazing what you can see happen. I went into another, uh, two or three years ago, another service station. When I walked in, many of you have heard this testimony. When I walked in, I noticed there was a woman standing at the cashier crying. The cashier was crying. As I walked by, I heard the woman said, yes, I've got a brain, brain disease. I went and got something to drink, came back and stood behind her. She only had six weeks to live. And then she said, the doctor said, there's no hope. I tapped her on the shoulder and said, ma'am, there is hope, there's Jesus. She obviously was a Christian. She turned around and said, pray for me, and I prayed for her. Didn't see anything happen. I didn't know if I'd ever see her again, but I just had to trust what God did. She turned around, crying, and left. Cashier was crying. There was two customers standing behind me. They saw the whole thing. They were crying. So when I left, I knew, even if I don't know what happens to that woman, God touched four people. Two weeks later, I came in that same store. Same cashier was there, and she saw me, and she, she starts pointing down the aisle. And I looked, here's that woman that I'd prayed for. The woman turned and saw me and came running, very excited. She'd just been the doctor. She was totally healed. Yeah. Folks. Yeah. Folks, it's not hard. It's not hard. Just be who you are. Yes. Listen to people. You know, a lot of people, when, when maybe a son says, my dad's real sick, but he won't let you come to, come to pray. There's a lot of people like that. They don't believe in it. But often, he'll take, the son will take me over there. And Vicky can tell you, we went, to, we went to a man. He didn't want us there. When we got there, got there, we couldn't even go in the room with him. We stood out and talked. 
But when you love on them, listen to them, they'll always let you come back. I always can come back if I can get to talk to them one time because I show God's love. And that's the way you change people. Change people. You know, if whatever's in your heart, God, pray to God, God, what do you want me to do? If there's a certain thing, a certain way, then find people around you that maybe have the same heart and wants to work with you in that. Get into a ministry that, that you desire what you want to do. But folks, you can change the world. The world needs you. The world needs every one of us. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You know, that, he told the disciples that. That's you and me. Tells us to go and preach the kingdom of heaven. You don't have to go to Nepal, Guatemala. Go down the street. Go to your next door neighbor. Go to work. And listen to people. Listen to what they have to say. And as you listen, ask God, God, what do I need to do? Let me ask you something. If every one of you in this room, every one of us, touched one person for God in a year, now that sounds easy. It should be easy. Many of us will touch more, but we'll double. You disciple them, share with them, Get them in church, and we double in size. That's the kingdom of God. Just, folks, you are a child of the living God. You are co-heirs with Christ. That's what the Bible says. Think about it. Co-heirs with Christ. What Christ has, you can do the same thing. Just believe who you are. So, guys, are you ready to change the world? Amen. Amen. Guys, you know what Alan asked last week? We should all be doing that everywhere we go. It don't take a lot of time, but you can make a difference. And there's nothing like when you go in like that woman that had cancer, I mean, had that brain disease, man, there's nothing when you hear that that puts joy in your heart. Or that young woman that got saved and then her boyfriend got saved. That is one of the most rewarding things you can do. And we need to wake up to who we are. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're going to change the world, right? We need to start shaking this town up. All of us. Going out, sharing the gospel, praying for people. Whatever God leads you to do. Helping people that are in need. And we'll be making a difference. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, we're going to have some of us up here praying for you. So, whatever you need, if you need physical healing, Pat showed some. We saw so many miracles. You know, the most exciting thing is we train them. They pray for each other and they see healings. Most of that testimonies was from the people we trained. And that's what makes a difference. So, Whatever you needed, you need physical healing, come up here. If you need to encounter God, 
If you need God to open your eyes up to who you really are. You are a child of God. If you don't believe it, come up here and let us pray for you. Amen? Amen. So everybody stand up. Father, we just thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for everyone in this room. We thank you at who they are. And Father, we thank you that we're going to make a difference. Every one of us in this room is going to make a difference for God. We're going to show God's love and let our light shine everywhere we go. And we just praise you and give you the glory. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. God bless you. If you need prayer, come on up.